Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Way to College podcast. This is the second episode, the second part to my interview with Dr. Lisa Cardoza. Uh, Lisa, how are you doing? Doing well, Jay. Good. Doing well. Dr. Saldiva, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having we, me on again. This is great. <laughs> um, you know, we we had, I thought we had a really good conversation the first time. Um, and so for our listeners that, um, I encourage our listeners to go back and listen to the first episode if they haven't just a real quick recap so you know i think when we left the first the first part you were talking about so you had to make some serious decisions early on you were a high school senior you got pregnant you'd also been accepted to stanford university you deferred a year um you you go to stanford and and what's that like? You know, you're, a, you know, you're a first year student at Stanford, a new mother. Um, what was that experience like for you? Because obviously your college experience was very different than I think a lot of quote unquote traditional college students, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and I, I talk a lot about that and, you know, and really explored that quite a bit in, in my dissertation. So in my in my research, in my work, right, about being a non-traditional student. Um, but yes, to the to the point that you just shared, right, I was not only was I a new mom, I was a new wife. I was a new college student. Right. So any one of those in life is such a huge um, step. Right. It's, it's such a huge undertaking. Um, and so all of a sudden I find myself in a position where I am like this is this is all three are <laughs> hitting me at once. And so um, I will say it was it was a very, very difficult um, thing to juggle. And I think some of the best advice that I that I got and this probably didn't come right away or I wasn't able to realize it right away was to, you know, I don't I didn't have to try to do it all right and so I had to give myself a break and I had to give myself a little bit of grace knowing that some things were going to you know <laughs> some things weren't going to be as well balanced as the others right so um so yeah so I I, I you know get onto the Stanford campus and I, I will say that the one that the thing that I was most excited about right exploring California exploring college, university life, exploring, you know, what it meant to be, you know, a student and finding myself, um, some of that had to be put on hold, right? I, I realized there and I prioritized I was there to get my education. And so um, I, you know, that, that's what I did. I, I, I went to class and I studied, I came, came home, I took care of, of, of Gabriel. Um, and then, you know, so my husband at the time would stay home during the day and then work in the evenings, right? And so um, it was a lot of compromise. <laughs> Um, you know, one one of the things that, like, I think back now, and you know, Gabriel didn't have a bedtime. He would stay up at all hours of the night, um, you know, because I was either working or reading, or um, you know, and then he'd wait for his dad to come home, and then they, you know, sleep, you know. So it just there were there were things that, as I look back as a mom, that I'm like, wow, I can't believe my kid. <laughs> can do this um you know whereas the second kid you know raising Diego was a little bit different and we were more structured but yeah. you know I, I just you know like I said like I had to give myself um some some space and some grace to be able to, yeah. to make those mistakes as a young mom right <laughs> well I mean and and you're absolutely right right as a, as a young mom as a new student right as a new wife I mean I, I 
I can't imagine what that was to, must have been like. I mean, and and I say that knowing that I, I was witness to a lot of it because we were both there at Stanford at the same time. Right. Yeah. But but still, like, you know, um, you know, hats off to you because I, I I I think I, you know, that is just so impressive to to be able to juggle all of those things. And yeah, you're right. You did have to make some compromises and and I think sacrifice some things, but to to go to to any school to go to any school as a, as a new mother as a new wife um and a new student and to manage things as well as you did yeah. but then to all but then in your case go to one of the best universities in the world and do that <laughs> like wow um one of the things that I, that I will share, Jay, if I can, is, um, you know, Stanford, fortunately, was really, really supportive, right? Like I was I was in graduate student housing, so I had my own apartment for the five years that I was there. Um, I was, you know, uh, what, I, what, one of the things that I've shared with when, when I share my story is um, how important it is to feel like you belong at an institution, right? And, you know, again, the, there were so many things that I wanted to do and wanted, wish, you know, wish I had been able to take advantage of, but I wasn't. And one of those was like joining, joining student organizations, right? I really wish I had also been able to study abroad. Like those are just some things that I encourage students to do if they're able to. Um, but one, but I will say that, you know, Stanford has flaws, right? They're like any institution, they're, they're not perfect, but I did feel um, supported and I felt, you know, the graduate Dean, um, I'm now forgetting his name, but uh made me feel welcome as an undergrad in graduate housing, right? Reached out to me, made sure that I had, you know, what I needed. Um, and and Stanford being a, a, a fairly well-endowed institution, um, uh, uh, helped us, or, or actually, it was it was the the graduate dean who lived in, in Escondido Village who um, encouraged. There were there were two other parents at, mm-hmm. at uh, parent student student parents. And he encourages to create a student organization because you create a student organization, you get institutional funding, right? Which isn't the place. It, it's not the case everywhere, but that yeah. it was the, the the case here, and we did. So we created a non traditional students at Stanford organization, and we used the funding to pay to hire babysitters and buy dinner during midterms and finals. And so, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Man, well, that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad that that you got that support and you felt supported. So let me let me. You obviously you have a lot on your plate. You've got a lot on your on your mind. Did you did you have the luxury, Lisa, of looking forward and saying, you know, when I graduate, this is what I want to be doing? Because I, I, you know, a lot of students. I mean, that's that's a conversation that they have their first year, but you dealing with everything that you that you're dealing with and managing. What were you thinking about? Was it just can I survive the first year? Can I? What were you thinking about? Yes, I, what I was thinking about was just how important that degree was, right? That piece of paper. Um, I think again to go back to where we had started. Right, my parents always instilled how important education was, and that's something that you know they can't take from you. So I, I will say that I was um, likely less. Uh, con- maybe not concerned, but just less mindful of all the degree options that were available to me. Mm-hmm. Um, other than I knew I needed to get my degree, right? Um, I w- when I first started, um, so even growing up, right? I feel like 
in order to be successful, we were told you needed to be a teacher, a lawyer, or a doctor. Like those were the professions that were seen as you made it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when I got to Stanford, like I didn't know what engineering was. I actually think I would have made a really good engineer, like a systems engineer, right? Like, yeah. you know, I, I'm a problem solver, you know? And so, um, but in talking with some of my, my peers, um, right, Monica at the time, um, Eric, you know, just in hearing what uh, Monica had several friends in engineering, I think you did as well, mm-hmm. you know, it, the, the time commitment that was necessary, like I knew that I wasn't going to be able to go down that that route. But you know how I chose my major? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, at Stanford, we have fuzzies and techies or that's how it's kind of known. Right. And so the fuzzies are the liberal arts, um, more, you know, social sciences and the techies are the science and engineering. Right. And so most uh, fuzzy classes were three units. I don't know if you remember this. And most techie classes were five units. And so in in our quarter or quarter system, right? Yeah. You had to take about 15 units in order to stay on track. And so I was like, either take five three-unit classes or three five-unit classes. And I think I found something right in the middle with econ. So I, I majored in economics. And that's how I chose my major. I only wanted to take three classes. <laughs> But I also I also felt like econ was a good match for me. Right. I think I yeah. feel like it was a good combination of the um, applied skill. Right. You know, having to to do all the problem sets. And, and so that a little bit of the technical, like the, you know, having to like write a lot, but also do the the problem sets. Right? So, yeah, econ was a good middle. <laughs> so I'm, just fa- I'm fairly certain. And and I'm I'm projecting ahead. Right. I so far I've yet to interview anybody that chose their major the same way you did. And I, <laughs> I don't expect to come across very many that do that. I don't advise to choose your major that way. I will just say that too. And when I talk to students, I really, really hope that people find their passion, but <laughs> but that's how I chose mine. <laughs> so, you know, you, you do a bachelor's degree at Stanford. Um, I, how did you continue to manage everything? Because because it wasn't like I'm I'm going to be a mother for the first year. I'm going to right. You still had to manage, you know, uh, a, a family and your student life. How did you do that for the four years? Well, and you know, um, that's a that's a great question because I and I'll I'll frame it in terms of the outcomes of what I was seeing. Right. So, mm-hmm. for example, so you know, in Ed Couchalsa, I was a straight A student. Right. <laughs> fortunate to graduate at the top of my class. Like I worked really hard for it. I will say, you know, the, those, those grades didn't, or the learning didn't come easy to me. I really, really had to work for it. Um, but I felt like I was successful at it. So you get to a place like Stanford. Right. And, and I felt like I was really good at math. That was another, that was another thing, um, Mm -hmm. that, that I'd like to share. So I get, um, placed into calculus BC, which is the second part of calculus. So a higher right class. And, um, and I'm in there and I'm lost. I am so lost. I can, I'm like, what did I, what did I not learn? What did, where did I go wrong? So, you know, and, and of course, like, you know, the second week in class, I, I should have moved sooner, but um, second week in class, I realized that I, I wasn't going to be able, I wasn't going to be successful in that course. And I went to go talk to, you know, my advisor, whoever, who said, why don't you start at Calculus One? So I, I downgraded and went to Calculus One. And even then, like barely, barely squeezed through. So I got my first C. And I thought, 
like I was, I, I felt like a failure, right? It was the first time that I had gotten a C in like my entire great, like yeah. my entire educational career, right? Um, and and so yeah, so I just I felt like a, a failure, and 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 I think that was also though I was also taking a writing class at the time, and you know the my professor was like, you need to come in, like you need to make a lot of edits on your paper, and so again I was just like. I'm not successful. I'm not successful at anything here. Um, yeah. It was it was a challenge, um, you know, just having again to us so on top of the, the classes and having to come home and take care of a kid and having to do homework and have, you know, then having to find the time to go to the writing center and, um, you know, uh, just all of that. Like it was it was a lot. Um, but I also think that. Um, you know, looking back, like, one, I'm kind of glad I had kids at a young age because I had more energy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and, and it was also like, you know, you, you, you don't know that you can't do it. Yeah. If you just try. Right. So, you know, I, I just I, I just kept trying. And um, and I will say there's so many people along the way who helped. And, and you know, I I always say I never did anything on my own. I mean, think about the times, the number of times that you babysat Gabriel. Right. Like, <laughs> you know, you were there the, the number yeah. of times that, you know, you gave advice about what to do. Right. In the classes. I mean, you are actually I don't know if you know this, but you're the reason why I did the coterminal degree because you recommended it to me. Um, and Edgar and I at the time were uh, were considering it. Um, so yeah, and yeah, because of what you had, uh, you had done. And so, you know, again, I, we just, um, you know, I, I also think that I'm really good at making like all the bad memories in my head, like disappear. <laughs> So I, rem I remember the the good times, right, yeah. at, at Stanford. I remember, um, you know, the it 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 wasn't easy, and yeah. I remember, you know, I remember late nights. I remember, you know, all of that. But but it was doable, and you know, and I, and I did it. <laughs> what would you What would you say, Lisa? To because I I'm, there are a lot of students that that are highly successful in high school and get to college mm -hmm. and struggle and, and get that first C or, or, or even fail. I mean, when I got to Stanford, I remember my first semester, I got my first C and mm -hmm. like you, I thought felt like a failure. I remember yeah. calling home and <laughs> like, I wasn't crying, but I was just telling, you know, I was worried and I was telling my father, like, they're going to send me home. They're going to send me your bags <laughs> and get out. Um, and, and, you know, my father gave me really good advice and he just said, did you try your best? And I, and I thought, no. And he said, well, mm. try your best, get, get help. And I went to tutoring and everything. Yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give to students that are, to have a similar experience where, you know, they were doing really well in high school, get to college and, yeah. and suddenly struggle? I seek, seek help. Right. I mean, seek assistance. Um, one of the things, and, and I, you know, I've been actually sharing this with, with Diego here, is that we all learn differently and teachers, especially professors I learn aren't taught how to teach, right? You are taught to be subject matter experts. And, you know, even when you're, you know, when you're doing your research, it's, it's on a, a, a like a topic of, you, you know, that you chose to, to become an expert in, right? But so 
like I I see now at universities and I know that you play a major role in this, right. In helping students learn how they learn. Right. (laughs) Right. But, but I, they still think there's a, like there's, there's somewhat of a mismatch, right. Because again, we don't teach faculty how to teach. And so you get to college and you're hearing from these, you know, especially at Stanford, right. World renowned experts in their field who are trying to, to teach, you know, someone who came from, you know, again, the fifth poorest school district in rural Texas, right? I have, I mean, there are so many things that I didn't understand about life. I was actually just telling someone the other day, like, you know, when you would read about leaves turning, I don't know what that meant. (laughs) What do you mean leaves turning, right? But here now in in Northern California, right? Like it's beautiful, like the leaves change colors and, you know, and and I can now understand what was being described at the time. But that frame of, you know, growing up in Ed Cachessa, right? We had green and we had brown. (laughs) There's no no turning of the leaves, right? Um, So so it's little little things like that that I think I, I learned. I mean, um, I'll, this, this is a tough one for me, um, because I remember sitting in my economics class mm-hmm. and again, I, I asked for help, right? So I actually got on food stamps one of the years that I was at Stanford to help, um, pay for stuff. And I remember sitting in my econ class, now I'm going to cry. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> um, I remember sitting in my econ class and studying about, you know, uh, about governmental government um, assistance and, you know, just the stereotyping and the, the misperceptions of what that's like mm-hmm. and sitting in there. And I remember having this real like feeling of here I am. I'm doing what I should be doing. Right. Um, I'm, I'm now being judged. Not that anyone knew, but feel like I'm being judged at the institution. Mm-hmm. And every time I'd go to the food stamp place, I can't remember what it is, but um, you know, every time I'd walk in there, like they make you feel like you're a criminal. <laughs> right? yeah. And and I remember always being, I would always try to wear my Stanford sweat sweat uh, sweater. Mm-hmm. to prove right that I was like a student and all of that um but still like it's it's still this um you know it was it was tough yeah yeah wow I don't remember what your question was <laughs> no like like tangent, just, but yeah like just struggling right when yeah. you struggle and 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 you're you're not the first and certainly not the last student right that that Right. That, has, that puts them, you know, gets on assistance because that's what it's for, right? It's a, it's a safety right. you know, net. <laughs> you would um, think, right? Go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say, you have to set advice, right? And so my advice would, would be ask for help, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, um, I, I think that one of the things that it helps is it that helped me, I remember are the small group sessions that we had, right? And so we, I mean, we, you know, we would sit in those large, especially in econ classes, right? There were these large auditoriums. And then we would go into our smaller breakout sessions, right? And, and kind of work through and talk through. And there are so, again, to go back to like, there are so many people learn differently, people teach differently. And the more assistance that you can get and the more um, broader 
um, explanations and, you know, finding different ways to do things, hearing it explained differently, especially from the teaching assistants was so helpful for me. And so I like, I think that's what I would say is don't, if you have to, because even Diego is like, no, I don't want to go to tutoring. Like it's, it's not, it's for students who don't understand. Yeah. Like, that's not really the case. It is to give you a different perspective on how mm-hmm. the information is shared, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so there's there's no, like, there's no, no one should feel bad about asking for assistance, whether it's yeah. tutoring help, whether it's, you know, whatever. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, As, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely ask for help. And, and I know... You know, I I know exactly what Diego means. I remember, and I always tell my students, you know, my first that first semester when I got that C and I was so afraid of failing, um, going to tutoring, and I'd never been to tutor. Like having never, I was the kid that would tutor other kids, and I was always, right. I was on the other side of that. Now I I'm going and asking for help, and it was a new experience for me, and and. And I had to get over that. Like, I just had to get over that, that that's quote unquote stigma that I think it was more so in my head than anything. Yeah. But that's interesting, though, because it because it wasn't it was in mine as well. Right. I mean, I remember feeling like uh, I don't need to go to a tutoring time. You know, when, when my professor said that I should go to the writing center, I was like, I can write. <laughs> <laughs> like, what do you mean? Yeah. Um, but and I, I do I, I do think that there is a, a stigma, especially for students who, you know, quote, are the smart students in, in high school. Right. Going to college is just a completely different experience. Um, and, you know, just need, we need to break that. Yeah, absolutely. So successful experience at Stanford. Right. You earn your bachelor's degree. You stay and get a ter- co-terminal degree, a master's degree. Right. And education. Right. Yes. Um, and and so even those those last few years that you're there, Lisa, what do you what are you thinking about career wise? What is it that you're thinking like? What do I want to do? Because because I, I'm I'm supposed to make this decision now when I graduate, right? What were you thinking? Yes. Well, it, interesting. Interestingly, I never um, I never thought about uh, the work that happens at the university um, mm-hmm. until my graduate year. So you know, I was doing a, a master's in the social sciences of education, and same program you did, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and you know I I was asked to and I can't remember who nominated me or how they got my information but I was asked by the El Centro mm-hmm. to um, to be the graduate coordinator for pay do you remember partnership yeah. for the ad- academic excellence or something yeah, like that I do remember right? pay yeah. So, you know, and so I was like, again, I had not been able to work the whole time that I had been on campus. Right. And so this was an opportunity and they were like, it's 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 a part time. It's not you know, it's it's a lot of coordinating. Um, and and I realized there just, you know, by by putting mentors together with, with incoming students, I realized, like, I want to be someone who helps people get through college. Right. I want to yeah. be someone who helps people earn their degree or, you know, that that's a that could be a job. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and so so I kind of approached it, uh, approached it with that. Like I started looking around and, you know, there were there are, as you know, careers in financial aid. And so, you, you know, careers like on the business side of of the university, as well as on the programmatic side, as well as teaching at a university. Right. So all of those um, all of a sudden I realized how much I enjoy work. Uh, 
being part of the university culture and life and 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 because so many people helped me i also wanted to be able to help people this way and i believe so strongly in education i really felt like that was a good fit for for me so i didn't know what i was going to do but i definitely knew that i wanted to to have a role at the university wow that's awesome so you graduate from stanford and then what was next? So yeah, so graduate twice, right? Because <laughs> 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 uh, they, they let you walk twice. Um, and so then I started looking for, for jobs and, and I will say writing my master's thesis um, left me with a yearning to want to do to do more, right? Because the research that I did, and I did it on transfer students, um, and the data set that I had was like missing, right? Like I, mean, I just felt like it was missing something. Yeah. Um, it was I had done a like run statistical analysis on you know transfer students. I can't even remember what it all is, but I remember um, walking away from that experience thinking there's so much more to explore here, mm-hmm. and I want. To to, like that's what what gave me a taste of being uh, of getting my my doctorate right and so I was like there I, I do like I want to keep exploring this this uh, this writing this you know uh, thesis writing so um, so I started looking for jobs and and um, it was actually at a Stanford send-off where I met the parent of a student who was going to be going to Stanford, um, Felipe Salinas. And so Felipe is at this, you know, the Stanford send-off and uh, we start talking. Uh, I was, you know, told him that I was looking for for jobs and I had applied. I actually applied to several across Texas. Wasn't certain that coming back home was what I wanted to do. Um, But yeah, I had that chance meeting. Felipe told me about a position that was open. I had actually already applied for the position. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, next thing you know, I was hired to be the associate director of the Valley Outreach Center. And what the Valley Outreach Center was at University of Texas Pan American at the time um, was we were working, again, it was like working to to help more students get to college, right? And helping, um, and so it was the brainchild of, um, Dr. Edwards, John Edwards mm-hmm. yeah. had, had uh, you know, had, had thought about this. And um, so, yeah, so I was coming in to kind of start up someone else's project, which was actually really neat. One of the programs under there was the mother daughter program, and I was a product of the mother daughter program. So it was, uh, yeah, it just felt awesome. like, yeah, full circle, right? It felt, yeah. it just felt so, so good. So we had a lot of the pre-college academic programs. We had summer camps, you know, all of that. So that's where I got my, my start in and hire in. <laughs> wow. So, so, you know, that network, right. That Stanford network, but even I think for all, like I always encourage my college students, build your network, build your network, meet people. Right. Um, so that fortuitous meeting you with, you know, Felipe and you get the job at the university. Now, Lisa, for, you know, some of our listeners, they, they don't, they don't know your story. Uh, you've continued with, you continued with at the time UT, UTPA. Yes. Right, and moved up very quickly. So, you know, continued with the university. Now you, you work at Sacramento State. Um, this is, would you say this has been your calling? You found oh, your calling? Absolutely. And I would, 
Absolutely, yes, in education and huh. higher education specifically. But I will say that I'm still like searching, right? Like I'm still learning. Yeah. Um, so, so you take my career path through student affairs predominantly, right? I was mostly worked my way up there, then became the president's chief of staff. Um, and, and so that experience took me further away from the students, which was um, a bit of a challenge, but also gave me the opportunity to make to help make decisions that impacted all students, right? So it was this like, you know, I I, I did miss the student engagement, and but I f- felt like there was enough of it that we were so we were so involved in the work, especially with you know President Nelson. You know how how he, much he loves the students. So you know we were mindful that we needed to remake that the students needed to be a priority, and mm-hmm. we you know so we were always we tried to be as many places where students were to maintain that, um, and then you know. But but again, in, at the policy level, right at, at the at the um, the higher you know kind of more broader level, we were also trying to make the best decisions for the university for our students, right? That impacted students. Yeah. So you know, so absolutely. And now I find myself, though, I will say, you know, as the vice president for university advancement, something I never ever imagined in in my realm of like career possibilities in in higher ed, never yeah. imagined that this would be. Um, a career choice. Yeah. Um, it's it's fundraising. Um, it's you know it's it's philanthropy. It's um, it's a it, it's a different and unique way of helping students, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I will also say, like, it's so rewarding. It's so rewarding to be able to match a donor, right? Someone who wants to give back and their intentions Mm -hmm. with helping students, right? Whether it's programmatics um, funding, whether it's scholarships, which are huge because I benefited from scholarships as well, right? And then being able to share those stories. So uh, it it combines a lot of the work that I, you know, have have done throughout my career of, you know, being a good connector, right? Helping um, and, and helping students get through college. So... That, that's awesome. I, I, I mean, I, you know, you you've continued to help students in a variety of ways. You've continued to well, you found, I think, work that was consistent with your values, with things that were important to you. At least certainly that's what it sounds like. Um, so, you know, I, I want to be mindful of, of your time, Lisa. But mm-hmm. one of the questions that I always ask people, why have you been successful? Yeah. <laughs> if you had to if you had yeah. to say, because clearly, look, you 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 know, quick recap, right? You obviously you're a successful high school student, come from a great family, right? A lot of parent support, um, mm-hmm. wonderful, I think, um, mentors and examples of, of academic excellence in your sisters, right? Um, mm-hmm. um, and and then you you experience some challenges, you know, right. um, a teen mother, um, and then you get married, you know, but still you go to Stanford University, um, balancing things that, already college students balance so much but you you know you had a full plate and and you graduated and you've you know made your way through the university you know doing very well if you had to go back and summarize and say this is this was it this is why i was successful (laughs) what would you say was yeah, I mean, it's hard to it's hard to just say one thing, right? I yeah. mean, um, one what what I will say was 
as as I you know just kind of I sound like a broken record now, but that I didn't try to do it alone, right? I knew, and I also like not only did I know how important people were in my life, but also um, honored that, right? So, and and was um, like always cognizant of it, and so what what do you mean? Yeah. So, so from my, from my family, Uh right. Always giving them gratitude. I mean, you know, uh, for just everything that they did for me, um, growing up, right. Taking, helping me take care of the boys when, when they were growing up, all my sisters. Right. I mean, I, it, it it is like, it truly, truly, truly takes a village for everything is how I see it. Um, and then, you know, in my career, um, I feel like the the American the like Eurocentric values of picking oneself up by their bootstraps is is it's a very individualistic way mindset right and so it's like you can do this and you know you just have to work hard um, and so I think we as individuals are then taught. I have to do this. I have to do this, and I have to do it. You know, alone. I have to prove myself. Um, and and I and so so then you, you you sometimes forget to take a step back and think like there are so many people who helped me along the way, and so many people I want to thank. And for me, it's in return I want to pay this back to someone. I want to pay this forward, right? <laughs> pay back, pay forward. <laughs> but I I want to be there for someone else. I want to. Um, help make it easier on someone else because either I faced a, a roadblock that I maybe nece- didn't necessarily need to, um, or I want to help b- build bridges, right? Which I think is is what I'm doing. Where there's a need and there's a a um, there's a, an opportunity, right? I tried to to make those connections with people, with relationships, with you know, with jobs, with anything that's happening on campus. Um, and so I I think what the reason why I'm successful is because I recognize at all levels how many, um, I can't do it alone, right? I recognize that and I try to make good connections um, with individuals, but I also, the, like the power of relationships is really important to me. And I always try to connect with individuals um, first, right, before, we get to the like, you know, trying to trying to solve the problem. It's the connection of the individual. Yeah. One of the things that we've been doing, especially here at Sac State, is you know, what's the difference between like diversity and inclusion versus belonging, right? And you know, I I I, I will I will tell you, like I've I've had to, I've walked into rooms and felt immediately that something was that I didn't belong, right? Or was made to feel like I didn't belong, and. I am. I always try to be very mindful wherever, in whatever space I am, whether it's at work or you know, even just with a group of friends. I always want people to feel like they're welcome and they belong because it just that that feeling is it's just so different, and that's why relationships are so important to me. And and relational account accountability, right? So I'm going to go back a little bit to my to my dissertation and work that um, Sean Wilson talks about. You know, relationship, the importance of relationships and relational accountability, right? How you hold yourself in relation to you know the person who you're, you know, how, how you hold yourself accountable to the other person. It's not just about about you. So it's a different mindset. <laughs> wow. Well, that's that's beautiful, and and I think. Um, 
consistent, I think, with a lot of the messages that that my guests have shared. Um, you know, and I, I'm not that I'm looking for like a theme or anything, but it seems to be a reoccurring theme, right? Mm-hmm. That, that none of us do it alone. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, one of my colleagues, he always says, uh, you know, in class, he always asks his students, on whose shoulders are you standing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's a wonderful way of saying it. But I, I think, um, you know, thank you for for reiterating that and for reminding us that that it does. It, it takes so many people um, for, for all of us to be successful. Um, and, and I will say too, like, the, you know, one of the things that we've been, you know, uh, again, here at Sac State, we've started to do land acknowledgements. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, we're not able to gather right now, but but we're, we've been doing um, some land acknowledgements um, in the virtual environment as well. But it really is to honor who has been here, right? Mm-hmm. It really is to honor, you know, th- this isn't our land. And yeah. it's to honor those who have... Um, who were here first, right? And so you think about that even with our own ancestors, you know, there's a reason why, you know, we we have the opportunities that we have, right? And so to to be able to honor the, you know, their their paths here, um, you know, and and what they've been through and their resiliency. And I just just don't think we do enough of that, right? We don't, we, we learn about history, but, you know, not in a way that honors the people. It's, mm-hmm. you know, other than like saviors, yeah. right? That's what we learn in history. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's a good point. Lisa, thank you. Thank you so much for your time yeah. and for sharing your story. I know um, I, I, I know your story well, but I I, <laughs> I love listening to your story. It's so it's such an inspiring story. Um, you know, before we close, do you have any final words for our listeners out there? I, you know, it's, it's been, um, a journey. Mm -hmm. It will continue to be a journey. I, I am a a huge believer in lifelong learning. Um, and so, you know, I always, um, I approach life and work like that and I appreciate others who do as well. Um, you know, there's, we owe it to each other, um, especially right now, right. As we see things being so divisive, I think if we, you know, if we think about what we're really here for, um, and I'll, you know, go back to those relationships. Um, you know, I just, I, I, I want, um, just, you know, to, to the students who are listening, right. Um, you know, just don't forget who you are, um, in the work that you do, um, whatever career you choose, whatever path you choose and don't ever stop learning because there, there's so much more to learn in this world. (laughs) No one knows it all. (laughs) No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. Lisa, thank you. Thank Thank you, you, Jay. So, so thank you all to, to, to Lisa. Thank you listeners out there. This concludes another episode of the way to college podcast. Tune in next time and we'll see you later. Bye-bye.